listen to the mind and the body and your thoughts are so powerful. So if you feel yourself looping around in that negative, 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 you're creating that. The chemistry of that max lasts about 10 to 30 seconds. We're all going to have thoughts that hit us. We're all going to have a memory that hits us. But what you do with it now is up to you. Because if it goes on longer, if the worry or the fear or the anger or the sadness lasts more than 30 seconds, it's because you're still, you're putting a, a log on that fire. So it's very important, again, to understand it, listen to your body, get the warning signs, and then do something to counteract it and be more comfortable with just being the observer of all of it. Welcome back to the Max Out Show, where today I'm joined by clinical hypnotherapist and life coach, Renee Brent. Renee is the best-selling author of The Very Agreement and How Big Is Your Butt? So today we'll take a deep dive into going within, overcoming worries, and changing your mind. So Renee, welcome to the show. I love it. Thank you, Max. So happy to be here. Yeah, change your mind. Let's get to it, right? <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about. Exactly. And I, yeah. I want to start out with the big elephant in, in the room and even in this, this entire world, which yeah. is this, this dramatic increase in worries that most people around, you know, really this entire planet are feeling right now. So can you share with us, you know, what, what do you mean by this worry agreement and, and why people are struggling so much right now? Yeah, they really are struggling. And, uh, you know, I felt it when the epidemic, people were worrying before, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew that because I, I deal with a lot of people with anxiety, a lot of different types of anxiety. And when you look back at it, the cause of it, it was worry and fear. So I understood that. And I've been wanting to write this book for a long time. I knew it was there because uh, my first book, How Big Is Your Butt, is about the past. And I saw that a lot of it's people. It's not actually about the butt, right? <laughs> no, it's B U T, right? Is I want to make changes, but right, and they're doing that from false lenses in their past, and it would stop them from moving forward. And then I understood worry was keeping people in fear about the future, and then it was keeping them stuck. So I knew I wanted to write this book, and. I just wasn't doing it. I was actually funny story, Max. I was worried about it, that it wouldn't be <laughs> as successful as their first book. So I had to do my own work about worry. And then the, I had started really uh, outlining and really getting serious about uh, starting it up again. And then COVID happened. Wow. And then I was like, man, I got to write this book now. Mm. I got to get it. And I added a whole chapter on when the world worries. So a lot of things happened um, when the when everything shut down. Primarily, people are used to living their life in chaos, noise, busy, busy, busy. Because when we're busy, 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 especially young, and when you're out there and you're active and you're seeing the world, right? It's fantastic. Yeah. But what you're not doing is you're not in here. When you're out here, you're not in here. And worry all lives within here, and it stops us from really being happy. It really stops us from really feeling confident in our, in our life. And people who are sensitive to energy, right, which we are, energy, I come at energy, I've been a nurse for 30 years, is not wooey. I say I'm not woo-woo, I'm woo, right, because <laughs> I understand I live in both worlds, science and metaphysical. But when um, people worry, thoughts create chemistry, Max, and the Max, we feel it in our body, right? Where yes. do you feel your stress or your worry, Max, in your body? It's usually in my chest. 
And your chest, yes. It's like it's super uptight and I feel this breathing really getting shallow, right? Right, yeah. That gets crunchy. It gets gets closed in. And that's called the felt sense, feeling the sensation of emotion. This is our, uh, this is our, um, we're getting a clue from our subconscious mind that we better start paying attention. Most people don't know how to pay attention and they shut it down. And then they start worrying about things that they have no control over. And it creates all this chemistry and we create an agreement in our mind, our subconscious mind, that worry helps me because you do it again and again and again. And I saw this all amplifying in COVID, during COVID and the shutdown. So I really wanted people to understand that that energy of of thoughts and, and physical chemistry is spinning around. And that was happening not just to the people that you're with. You know, we say toxic people. I don't want to be around toxic people. I don't like their energy. Yeah, that's great. Do that. That's really important. But what happens when the whole world is in this kind of, ah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's a lot. So it's very important to learn some techniques and skills to go within. And that's why I wrote the book, to break it not only neurologically, because when you repeat something again and again and again, Max, you, you, you create a neuro connection to it, an automatic pathway, so to speak. And um, I want to help people release that and let it go. And uh, that's what I love about this book. It hits it at all levels and how it affects us, our relationships, our physical health, our sleep. And, and um, so let go of worry. Worry is in the, in the future, you know, um, you know, our past, you know, if you're not in the past or in the future, you're not present and you're not really living your full life if you're doing that. Yeah, you know, I, I love that so much. And there's, there's already so many great nuggets uh, here yeah. that, uh, that I want to dive into. Um, yeah. I mean, first one being simply silence. Yeah. Right? I think we live in this, uh, you know, I guess like I had right before on this, Jimmy Nelson, he called it this, this concrete world, right? Where we're like, life is so easy, quote unquote, or has been for the last years, decades in our lives, right? Where we're always sheltered. We can always, like when we feel something bubbling up, right? There's the phone to distract you. There's Netflix, there's junk food. There's all of these millions of things yeah. that we can do Alcohol, to distract weed. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. cigarettes, you name mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. There's all of these yeah. addictive substances that we can yeah. go to whenever we feel this uncomfortable feeling. And right? when yeah. we feel that chest closing in a little bit, we're like, feels a little Ooh, weird. A feeling. I want to get yeah. out of it. Right? Yeah, and, I don't and so like now this. for the yeah. first time, people, people lose at least some of these mechanisms, all of these social things that we could go to, right? Um, and, and therefore struggle, right. And have to actually sit there with their thoughts and be like, this feels weird. Like, what is it? Where is this all coming from? Right. Or like, why am I worrying so much? Right. And I think people yeah. are starting to wake up then to the fact that there are more important or really more beneficial ways of, of actually dealing with worries and fears than, than just, you know, drowning them out. Um, yeah. And the, the problem came when everybody was silent and they saw to see the cracks in the relationships, right? Mm-hmm. I'm helping a lot of people either repair or release relationships because yeah. they saw the cracks during this. But we woke up, we're in the quiet, but now people don't have any tools to manage it. Yes. They don't have tools. So they want to put it all on pause. And I have to tell you someone, I, I specialize in relapse prevention for addiction and, um, a lot of relapses, people relapsed during this time period. A lot of people started drinking more and more and more during the day, all day long. So it's very important to not only be comfortable in the quiet, but know what to do with it when you're there. Yeah. And I want to dive obviously into the tools and we're going to do that in a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but first I want, I want to take you back to this, this mind body connection. I know you've been yeah. a, a really a, an ER nurse for, for also 30 years. It was really your, your first career. Um, 
So can you share with us a little bit more about this mind-body connection and how worry actually manifests and also these, all of these physical symptoms that we then experience? For sure. It's very important to understand that our thoughts create that feeling. We just talked about that feeling in your chest. We know it happens. So if you close your eyes for a minute, Max, and I want you to find something that really just is such joy for you, and your listeners can do that if they're not uh, driving, find that space where something just brings you such joy. You don't have to tell me what it is, yeah. right? But where do you feel that in your body now? It's this, this general sense of just release and right. And it feels does it feel it doesn't feel tight, crunchy, right? Exactly, it feels more yeah. open. Yes, that is a yes in your body. When you think about, you know, I just had a grandbaby. Like when I think about my grandbaby and how proud wow, I am of my yeah. daughter, oh, I just open up, I expand, <laughs> right? But if I think of something, you know, that it's like, ah, you can feel it. So that's yeah. a no, and this is a yes. So it's very important to start learning to listen to your body. Most of us don't listen to our body. We don't like how it feels when it feels tight. And also, by the way, you can take the positive and just imprint it, paste and um, cut and paste it onto the negative, by the way. You can think about the good stuff and take it into the negative, and it helps release some of that chemistry. But that what, what affects our body that way, tight or open, is chemistry. Thoughts, yeah. chemistry, we feel it in our body, felt sense. Now, there's great books out there. I, love, I talk a lot about the mind-body connection in my book. There's a whole chapter on um, how it affects us physically. Now, there, we have words in our English language that prove this to us. Heart broken, gut wrenching, sick to my stomach. <laughs> These are all physical words that translate emotional qualities to it, right? So yeah. it's very important to understand that what we think creates immediate reaction to our body. And there's no better pharmacy in our body I mean, in anywhere than the one in our body. So people yeah. who are looking to do drugs or even antidepressants, there's a time and a place for that. But we, we, any drug that you take works because you have receptors. We just don't know how to get into the door of the pharmacy. And that's what I love help people doing. But we, to do it, you have to learn to live on the inside. Listen to the mind and the body and your thoughts are so powerful. So if you feel yourself looping around in that negative, 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 you're creating that. The chemistry of that max lasts about 10 to 30 seconds. We're all going to have thoughts that hit us. We're all going to have a memory that hits us. But what you do with it now is up to you. Because if it goes on longer, if the worry or the fear or the anger or the sadness lasts more than 30 seconds, it's because you're, you're putting a, a log on that fire. So it's very important, again, to understand it, listen to your body, get the warning signs, and then do something to counteract it and be more comfortable with just being the observer of all of it. Yeah, you know, this, this is such an important point because as you mentioned, right, if you're stressed out, if you're angry, if you're frustrated for more than a couple of seconds, if you're there for minutes, hours, days, maybe sometimes even years of your life, it's not because of the external event for our listeners, right? It's not because right. that thing happened to you. It's because you in your mind keep perpetuating that thing over and over and over again, releasing exact same neurochemistry every single time that you think about that event or you think about that yes. person or whatever else it yes. is, right? And, and this so, is the thing that that chemistry is very addictive. Yes. Because when we get angry or we get, you know, worried, it, it elevates that chemistry, the epinephrine, whatever it is, just cortisol just whoop, pops us up for a minute. And we start, we feel a little bit brighter. We feel a little bit more energetic, a little bit more in control. But again, it doesn't last very long. So you probably know people in your life that, that when it's quiet, 
they'll start worrying or they'll start thinking about things that piss them off. And they're, and then they want to spin in that. And then yeah. when things get too quiet, they spin up again. So it's really about learning to counteract and shifting that addictive chemistry into something that feels a little better and a little bit more in control and, and um, easier for the body. Worry, fear, anxiety are all very caustic um, to the physical body, to the container it's held in, for sure. Yeah, and so, so obviously, which we just discussed, you know, really going into the negative is one of the worst things that you can possibly do. The other yeah. big thing that, that I see people do really is, is when they experience loads of negative emotions, loads of anxiety, lots of fear, is they try to suppress it, right? They try to pretend like it's just not there. Yeah. So can you share with us what happens when we, when we try to suppress our emotions and stuff them down and just, you know, keep that straight face? But deep down, we still feel like something. We do. I tell people, even though you feel like you've turned off the volume, it's still in the background. Yeah. It's still the lens that you're seeing yourself through. If you know, there's three things to do with emotion, um, which is you can push it down and that's what people do. But guess what happens? It pops up later. I call that crying in aisle three or screaming on the highway. <laughs> like, you know, nobody beats somebody up because they were too slow or didn't turn on a turn signal on and in road rage. <laughs> They're doing it because they've been pushing down this stuff and it's just sometimes it's like holding a beach ball down in the water. I mean, you can do it, but it's a lot of energy. So when people tell me, even young people like yourself, tell me that they're tired. I tell them it's not just physical, it's emotional. It takes a lot to try to pretend like this is not what you're feeling and this is not your lens. So the trick comes into feeling safe enough, feeling confident enough to have the skills to be able to learn to allow. And one of those things, and when you push it down, it pops up. In emotions, you might be crying or screaming and you're in a fight with your partner and you don't even know why you're fighting anymore. It's because all this crap just went, right? Yeah. The other thing is learn to allow. When you learn to allow emotion and acknowledge without being swept away by it, then people feel safer to acknowledge. And that's really the key. We're human beings having a human experience. We're going to have negative. It's hard in this world. It's really tough. It's, and, and there's a lot going on, right? And so it's about observing your physical and emotional reaction to it and then becoming the observer. Like, it's like, I want people to imagine that they're, they're on a side of a riverbank and the river is just heavy and it's flowing. Just be on the side and watch it. Watch your hurt, watch your sadness, watch your past experience, your hurt about a relationship or your child, something in your childhood. Let it go by and observe it and then it will quiet down. The waters will quiet down. Yeah, and so before we dive into, into some tools really and how exactly yeah. to do that, I want to dive a little bit deeper into this, this idea of emotional granularity that I'm personally obsessed with. This idea that okay. we actually need to be able to name our emotions to, to better understand them, right? Because one of yes. the challenges I also see is, is people, they have like all these, these different feelings, but they can't name them. And so they throw them into this one pot called misery, right? Or called depression or called whatever. And it's just like feeling bad but they can't accurately name how they're actually doing. So why is it so important to be able to say, hey, right now I feel anxiety or maybe nervous or maybe I'm just really frustrated or pissed yeah. off or whatever else it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's important. The most important piece of that is not so much what you call it because I have people that come in, they have, no, they have not learned any emotional words, but they just say, I feel crappy. So what I help people do is unpack those boxes. Unpack the anxiety box because anxiety is just a symptom of fear. So it's really about opening that up and see the fear, acknowledge the fear, 
right? Because anxiety means a lot of things that may not be pertinent to you. So see what's in there. What's your story? What you're all about? Depression, for sure, I have people unbox. They leave that label and that box out there, and they're only allowed to bring in what's really going on because we can't change anything until we acknowledge it, become aware of it, acknowledge it, then we can release it. So if you're feeling depression, right, and um, see what's in there. Is it sadness? Is it primarily hurt? What's going on for you? You know, all of those things are turned inward in depression. We start blaming ourselves. You know, I have a lot of people who who unpack it and they understand that they're so mean to themselves. They're so angry at themselves because they couldn't control what happened to them when they were seven years old. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you see that and you bring it out of that box, that dark box, you're like, well, that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even say it makes sense. So we have to shine some light on it. And that is acknowledging that is being aware of it. Anger really is just a prickly box. And inside there is usually hurt and sadness, Max. So it's really about understanding it. And then you can ask that thing. What's your story? What are you all about? But to suppress it and push it down, people will get sick. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. You know, it may you may be managing when you're young, but when you get a little bit older, People who have fibromyalgia, people, young people now are being diagnosed with, um, you know, all kinds of autoimmune disease and uh, um, IBS. If you clear some of the emotional, uh, the effects, you clear that you'll reduce the symptoms. I do it every day. If we learn to acknowledge and release how someone feels about an illness is usually what started it in the first place. Wow, that's so interesting. I want to go back to the, to the question you just asked. What, what's your story? What, yeah. what, what do you mean by that? So if you have fear, right, you're feeling anxious and, you, and your eyes are closed, I encourage people to close their eyes when they do this because it, it stops the distractions, right? We can mm-hmm. be more focused here and um, most, more associated with our body. We're not used to doing that in, uh, in our world. We're used to being out here. We want to be more in here and learn to be comfortable with that. And when, so if you close your eyes and you feel the fear and you say, what is your story? Why are you here? It's very interesting. When we quiet ourselves down, we'll hear our subconscious who's always trying to talk to us, by the way, this is what panic attack is, is your subconscious screaming at you. So if you just stop and listen and you'll say, I'm afraid that you're going to fail. Well, hello. Now you, now you have something to work with. And so how are you protecting me from failing? In, at my um, website, I have a whole um, meditation about connecting to your higher resource, your higher self, your higher perspective, but also a part, how to talk to that part of you that is afraid, that part of you that's worried, that part of you that won't stop you know, smoking weed all day long. It's really great to start listening to what your subconscious mind is trying to help you with. It doesn't feel like it, but it is trying to help. Yeah, and that, that is such a such a powerful idea, right? That that all of our negative, quote unquote, are really unhelpful, whether it's emotional patterns, thought patterns, behavioral patterns, they actually do serve a purpose, right? So you're actually you know, you're smoking weed, you're drinking alcohol every night, you're overeating, yeah. you're watching Netflix for five hours a day. Yeah. Because there is a certain underlying need that you're trying to fulfill, right? Maybe it's you're trying to drown out all the noise, right? Maybe it's trying you're trying to distract yourself from some pain. Or whatever else it is, right? But there yeah. is a certain need that that you're fulfilling with that. And I think it's so important, as you mentioned, to actually become aware of that and realize, hey, this yeah. thing is trying to protect me, 
but it's not really doing that in a useful right. way, is it? Yeah, yeah. I have on the on the website Practice Happy Now. I have um, a meditation. It's called a part session. These are internal subconscious uh, mind. And by the way, every time, and none of those things are bad. By the way, if you want to do those things, like do it, but not because you have to. Yeah. Do them because you want to spend an afternoon just chilling out on Netflix or you want to smoke some weed with friends, whatever, who cares? But don't do it because you have to, because you have to yes. quiet your subconscious mind. This is when you flip the switch on that. And now you're putting a pause on everything. You can put a pause on it. I have a lot of people who put a pause on things, how they feel about their childhood, about their life for 30 years. I'm going to encourage, I know you have a young audience. Don't put the pause on it for 30 years. Learn this now. Because if you do this now and you do this inner work and you trust yourself, you've changed a lifetime, a lifetime of patterns. And you can just be, and you can just live within, live without whatever you want to do, but you're going to have more success. You're going to have better relationships. You're going to feel better physically, and you're just going to be happier. We got to do it. And there's a high price to pay if you do not look within if you do not become the boss of your subconscious mind yeah right and you know the reason i love this is because i truly believe at some point in our lives all of us have to do this internal work right yeah. at some point that pain is going to show up so much whether at 20 or at 50 or maybe even at 80 that we're yeah. going to be forced to to go within right and so yeah. so my question is always like why wait right why right. why spend another 20 30 years of your life suffering if if you can do that work now that you're going to have to do anyways even if it may be uncomfortable and and yeah, so yeah and, and it's much message. it's much easier to do that before you get a diagnosis of some kind of disease yeah. right um, you know sometimes people have no awareness until they are diagnosed with um, something really you know life changing for them so, um, so I'm going to encourage, I encourage everybody and it doesn't have to be a 20 minute, um, you know, find your way, mm -hmm. find your way to go within, find your way to meditate. There's lots of different ways, walking, uh, exercise, just quieting your mind, headspace for five minutes, find a way to go within and just go into neutral and be the observer sometimes. Yeah, so you actually talk a lot about about brain waves, right? You mentioned before about really being in this driver's seat of our own brain waves. So what's happening really in the brain when when we learn to switch from this you know fight and flight response or from the anxiety or the worries to a calm and relaxed and happy state of being? Right. Great. I'm glad we glad we talked about that. So it's it's very important to understand what's happening. This is why I love my science. I come from a science perspective, right? I understand all the other stuff, but I'm, you know, I, I think we have to understand what's happening in our physical body because yeah. if you understand how it how it's happening and why it's happening, then you know how to change it. So you're just, you're just more knowledgeable and, um, you can do some brain hacks and that sort of thing. But it's very important when we're in a beta brainwave, which is you and I talking right now, we're having fun. It's easy. The chemistry is easy. We're feeling good. Right. But when you start spinning around in this mind melt merry-go-round and you start thinking about all the things you're afraid of, or you're angry or things that aren't right in the world or whatever, now you've elevated the brain waves, and that just means that it's just faster, and that means there's more electrical impulses, meaning there's more chemistry. And now you've triggered your brain because everything about us, it's pretty fascinating, is really all our receptors, our chemistry, are really geared towards two things. One is um, survival, and the other is pleasure. Yeah. Right? So it's real, and those are our main chemistries. So when you're in fight or flight, when you've elevated, now you're in survival mode. 
So a lot of things happen when you're in that. The prefrontal part of your cortex starts slowing down. You're not as creative. It's harder to problem solve. Um, you're, physically, you might have gut issues if that's happening a lot. And the chemistry is so toxic. And your mind doesn't know whether you're running from a lion or you don't like your boss or you're worried about the world or the politics of the world does not know. And you're not doing yourself or the world any favors by being in this caustic state. We cannot problem solve. We cannot be in action when we are in fear like that. Can't. So the trick comes to just slowing down the chemistry, slowing down the electrical impulses and, and the brain waves. So... It's when you do that, when you go into neutral, when you breathe, and we'll talk about that in a minute, how to kind of do that, you'll feel it. When you just went to something that helped you, like you loved, that made you feel better, you felt the immediate chemistry. It opened you up, right? We know that. That's going into neutral. That is quieting everything down. Now you're going to be able to problem solve, see the bigger picture, and just feel better physically and emotionally. Now, You know, I explained it in the book and in life with conscious, subconscious mind, just for metaphorically for people to understand. The truth is, is that we don't have two brains. We have a conscious brain in, which means when we're elevated in this higher brain waves, faster chemistry, we kind of close down a part of our brain that really gets us right into our emotions, our beliefs, our past experiences, right? There's kind of an analytical wall there that kind of stops us from getting in there. So when you just slow down your brain waves, right? Brain waves are always present. But when you slow them down, now it's like you can peek inside the room and you yeah. know what's been hiding in there, right? And it's important to know what's inside your, your subconscious in that room. And it doesn't help you to talk to it through the door. You got to open the door. And that's what slowing down your brain waves is all about. Yeah, so talk to me about these these practices. You just mentioned breathing, right? Which I think is an excellent way to do this. So how can people use breathing really as a way to slow down their brain waves and get more in touch and really open that door and be able to talk to to really their subconscious mind or then those underlying, really suppressed feelings? Yes, so it's really about learning to gain access and then trusting yourself to learn what's there. Your mind won't take you anywhere you don't want to go. I want people to understand that. So it's not like you're going to do your fish meditation and then you're in your worst trauma in your life. It does not work that way, right? It doesn't. So it's just about training the brain and learn how to peek in the door and then open the door and then go in the door uh, for your subconscious mind. Now, um, uh, let me focus, refocus me here. I was going off on a tangent in my mind. Yeah, um, We're talking about breathing. Breathing. Okay. So when you are feeling all these things, right, and you don't want to know what's there, what's really behind, what's really pushing up at you, people tend to hold their breath. People crunch their jaws. And when you do that, you're basically telling your, your nervous system, oh, we, we need to survive. There's a lot going on here that we can't handle. And you, when you hold your breath, when you hold your jaw tight, Because really when you're crunching up here, you're crunching your jaw, right? And when you're doing that, there's a vagal nerve, a cranial nerve that runs from your your cranial nerve here down through into your heart and your gut. And this is basically the nerve, your nervous system highway that's monitoring everything, right? That's deciding if you're in fear, if you're in danger, or you can rest and digest. Fight or flight, rest and digest. So it's picking up all kinds of chemicals. It's also picking up tension. Now, if you're holding your breath and you're squeezing on this vagal nerve without you even knowing it, you're sending a message 
oh, we got to start running. We got to shut everything down here and we got to go. We got to go. And so it's very important. And I used to hate it when people told me to breathe, just breathe. I'm like, rah, 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 rah. don't tell me to breathe. I used to hate it. And now I teach people to breathe every day. Yeah. The point is not because someone tells me to, it's because it makes sense. When you breathe and you take a breath in and you exhale, you're opening this up and you're releasing tension. And now you're giving your nervous system a different message and you're quieting down the chemistry. So breath is really important. Check your jaw. When you're first starting doing this, people, people are like, Renee, just checking my jaw has changed my life. Why? No. Because they don't even understand how tense they get when they're on a Zoom meeting or how they're in when they're out in public. They're just like, Ugh, right? <laughs> Especially with mask on, we all kind of mm. clench down. We don't smile as much, so we're clenched down. So it's really about putting your, your hand here. If you feel it tight, just relax your jaw, relax your tongue. When you relax your jaw, you quiet down the nervous system. When you relax your tongue, you're, you're quieting down the language centers from your brain. So if you or someone in your audience um, has spitting thoughts and they're spinning and spinning and spinning, just relax your tongue. It really helps quiet things down. And then that breath not only brings you oxygen, but it quiets down any tension in your body. And you're going to feel the slower brainwave. You know, I, I love using the body as a way to, to change your mind because most people, they, they struggle so much because they think they have to fight this mental war, right? This mental battle, right? Where one thought pops up and it's like, I'm not good enough or like the scary thing is coming up and then they have to like fight it in their mind, right? But oftentimes yeah, yeah. the fastest way, as you say, is simply using the body to just get rid of all of it, right? To get rid of all that mental chat out there through breathing, right? Through cold showers is another one of my favorites. That, that I love to use, just jumping in a cold shower for three minutes. It's going to wipe out all of that stuff going on up here. It sure does. It sure does. Uh, bravo to you, though, Max. I just can't do that. <laughs> I'll do it at a spa. I'll jump in a cold room and then into a – but I cannot turn on my old uh, – my own cold water. And I, I had to do that when I was uh, – I was – as a nurse, I went to mm. – after Katrina. And we had – I stayed in a, in a shelter for three weeks to help people wow, yeah. to run a shelter. And we had to turn on our old cold water. That's all we had. So I, got, I guess I have some trauma for that. I just can't. <laughs> No showering for three weeks then. No, right? <laughs> but it's really just about listening to your body. This is your GPS for your subconscious. So if you want to know what's going on, pay attention physically because it's going to let you know. But if you don't listen, it's going to scream at you. So it's really about hearing that first little, mm, now you breathe. Now you say, okay, I'm okay. Now you listen to maybe um, my higher self meditation and you start listening to that voice that's going to let you know it's okay. And you start arguing for your truth. But if you ignore the physical signs and you don't know how to use your physical body as a tool, then you're behind, you're behind the, uh, the line, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Are there certain emotions and positive emotions that you sort of, not pu push is a strong word, people too, but that you sort of suggest to people to, to go into because they're simply the easiest to access out of these negative emotional states? Sure. This is called collapsing. So we all anchor in emotions and beliefs into our, um, into our mind and then we feel it physically, right? Because our thoughts, we remember it. The mind doesn't know the difference between real or created. So it's really about... I did this with you earlier, which is um, find people. Now, 
you know, love is so corny and people think it's corny, but I have to tell you, love is such a pure emotion. So whatever label you put on it, it's your dog. It's the ocean. It's the mountainside you went to. It's, it's a, a memory. It's, um, your childhood stuffed animal. I don't care, but if you close your eyes and go within and remember it, right. It's just like, wow. And when you remember that, right. Then you can open your eyes up, close your eyes, think about the negative stuff that's going on, right? And then go one, two, three, and almost say to yourself, whoop, cutting and pasting the positive to the negative, yeah. right? And when you do that, it shifts it, it dilutes it, it goes into neutral. This is about neutral. We all have really difficult things going on in our life, and I understand that, especially your age group that's coming up and you're trying to find your space in the world, and you know there's a lot, lot of shifting going on. And so it's hard, but being elevated about it is not going to help you. It's about going into neutral and being the observer. So if you can remember something that makes you happy, Take it to that area that isn't that's that's difficult. You're going to neutral it, and then you're going to be able to find solutions to what you want and need in your life. So love is what I I love for people to do. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely yeah. love it. And the, the really beautiful thing to me about the human brain is that it does not actually show us a real physical experience in the moment, right? It shows us right. the exact same thing that we're focused on, right? And that, that's, yes. I mean, that's for our listeners, the reason why right now, while you're sitting here, you can go into anger and you can go into frustration, or at the same time, you can go into love and beauty and gratitude and confidence and, and all of the good stuff because we choose and we create our own neurochemistry and our feelings. Yeah, and, I, and say, so I say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, so that's why that's why I think it's it's such a powerful tool to simply become aware of this, and that's really also what what my own daily practice looks like, right? I'm yeah. just going out to the beach at the moment. I live like right here at the beach, and just just spending the first hour of the day cultivating those positive emotions that I want yeah. to feel for the rest of the day. So actively yeah. going into the you know the joy and the beauty and the love and the excitement for today, because I know it's going to make it so much easier, and my my body really becomes addicted to this, this neurochemical state of just pure bliss. Oh, it's incredible. And I love that you give yourself that opportunity to do that because what you're doing, you're really down um, or uploading or whatever you're doing is all the chemistry for your day. If something happens, exactly. we must connect to something else. Now, um, you know, sometimes people go, I can't, there's so much going on for me. I cannot, I cannot move into love. I cannot move into joy. It's okay. Sometimes it's too far of a leap. Just go into neutral. Just acknowledge, right? If you're a worrier, just say, okay, I'm not going to worry right now, but I'm going to worry from one to two and I'm going to write everything down. Have a worry time. Just transfer it over. Acknowledge, become aware of it, and then you can release it. When you're aware, you can acknowledge and you release. And that's how we do this. We cannot push it down. But stuff's going to come up. Learn to connect to the joy, can, what makes you happy. I have a whole chapter in my first book called Don't Forget to Have Fun No Matter What. <laughs> yes. I tell people, don't take yourself so seriously, right? There's a lot. And it's, some of it's unpleasant. Plan something. You, you better believe this is why COVID was a little hard for me because I plan something every six, eight weeks. Like I know I'm taking four days off and I'm going to do something, nice, right? Yeah. I wasn't able to do that. And uh, it's been a very, you know, working year for me. But now I got stuff on the books, right? I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. I have just me planning it or know that there's a there's a pause for me there helps me in my day everyday life. 
So you have to, you have to plan it and, and you decide what you focus on. Bad days last only as long as you want them to, but learn to just go into neutral, learn to acknowledge and then say, okay, I'm putting that aside. And now I'm concentrating on this right now. Yeah, I think this this right here is is literally the key to life. Learning to control our own emotional state, our own really state of being, no matter what's happening on the outside, right? Because crap yeah. is happening all the time with COVID or with loss of job or love or people, whatever else it is. Yeah. But I think there's yeah. there's so many you know beautiful examples throughout human history of really people that have learned even in the midst of the most horrible circumstances, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to to still find that joy and to still find that contentment in life. And if people can do it in, you know, Auschwitz, for example, Viktor Frankl, right, is one of my my sort of big heroes, right? Beautiful, yeah. If people can do that in the most horrible circumstances you can imagine, then, you know, sitting in your room being locked in and not being able to, you know, go to the party, those are things you can deal with. <laughs> yeah, you can. And it this is the thing, when you you have to believe in yourself and your ability because if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it for you. Happiness just doesn't come and sit in their lap. People who you see who are happy and joy, they created it. This is why I talk about practice happy because we have to practice the state neurologically, emotionally, chemically. We are in charge of being the boss of our subconscious mind and practicing what we want in our life. Even just practicing the career you want or the success you want, we have to practice that. We have to really get comfortable in that feeling. And if there's something that's not in agreement with it, gain awareness of it because it's going to block you. That's your big butt, by the way. So it's really about now what's happened in COVID if people have gotten into their comfort zone and when you're in your comfort zone for too long, right, it shrinks up. It's kind of thinking like a balloon. So when people are going back out in the world, because this is your adventure zone and outside that's panic. So just start small. Just go out. If you're comfortable being around people, then just go, you know, walk out there and then come back in or spend five minutes there and come back in and then just start expanding this balloon. And if you do, your comfort zone is going to get really big. Danger zone is going to be far away. You're not going to be in fear. You're going to release worry. You're definitely going to release anxiety and any physical symptoms. So it's really about taking back your power and you're the only one that can do it. It's an inside job. So I want everyone just to understand that learn some tools, learn what's going on with your body, how to shift it and make those small changes, small step, small step, small step is really a bridge to living free. You know what, what this reminds me of really is, is this idea that, you know, the way to overcome fears in life is not by avoiding those fears, but it's actually deliberately by going in them and actually becoming more courageous becoming more strong and thereby when you when you stand in front of the fear the next time it's going to seem a lot smaller because you're taller now right you elevate yeah. yourself to the to become this giant rather than trying to, to shrink down that fear and yeah. and so i love this approach of really taking these small steps because yeah. that way we can make sure that it's not going to overwhelm us right that it's not going right, to be this right. giant monster in front of us but really you know eating the elephant like like one bite at a time really is the yeah, most powerful exactly thing Exactly. Move out slowly one, one bite at a time is, is I love that. And, um, and learn to trust yourself again. Yeah. When you, you don't have to trust one person. You don't have to trust your government. You don't have to trust anybody. You have to trust yourself. If you trust yourself, you're going to know who to be in a relationship with. You're going to trust the job that's right for you. You're going to trust yourself when you need to, to be cautious. Um, so it's really about trusting yourself. And the only way to develop that is to be within and be the boss of your subconscious mind and take back that power. Now, 
if you try too hard consciously to make these, because these changes don't happen when you're in fear. They must happen yeah. in the slower brainwave. They must happen in the subconscious. So it's really about learning how to access that. But if you too, try too hard consciously, I'm going to do this, and you're telling yourself, let go of that fear. When you try consciously to do that, your subconscious mind moves away. It's called the mental law of reverse effect. So it's really about not trying too hard to create something. It's really about setting an intention, doing a walking meditation, and just trust what comes up for you. Make sense? Love that. Yeah. So how does hypnotherapy play, play into all of this? Yeah. So I access understanding the mind, the body, the brain. Um, in hypnosis, just a natural change in the brain wave. We do it every night when we go to sleep. Right. That feeling when you're relaxing, you're, you're, I mean, you're, and you can still hear what's going on in the house, but your arms are heavy. That's hypnosis. By the way, when you wake up in the morning and you really don't want to open your eyes yet, <laughs> that's hypnosis. I encourage everybody in the mornings, just start doing this. Start programming, pre-programming your subconscious mind before you even open your eyes in the morning. You're in a natural hypnotic state. You're programmable. And now you say, listen, subconscious, thank you. This is how we're doing it today. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to eat healthy, whatever it is, whatever, whatever. But now you're the boss. You've had a team meeting, yeah. right? And <laughs> if you don't do that, you're in an emotional groundhog's day. You just insert the same crap from all the years before. So that's a good way to start, start the change. In hypnosis, what I do is help people drop in, lower that wall, that analytical filter, and get into their truth to really see what's in there, what files they're running through in their supercomputer, you know, and start to change it. I never tell anybody how to think or feel. I only give them the opportunity through some protocol and I only use their words and um, to be able to release things. I do a lot of childhood work, uh, inner child, because sometimes our children are left back there and hurt or sadness or trauma, or just that their friends in third grade stopped being their friends and they were left believing that they're not part of, not good enough, not important. So it's really about changing the lens we see ourselves through. And in the work that I do, we go back, we let go of that memory with love and understanding, forgiveness, whatever comes up. And then anything that's built on that just collapses, Max. It's pretty yeah. fantastic. I have the best job in the world. I get a front <laughs> row seat every day to people going, Oh my God, I didn't even understand how everything was around that event or that experience or that relationship. Yeah, that's just incredible. So can you take us back to this, this idea of reprogramming ourselves really first thing in the morning and then last thing at night? Uh, what does that look like for people? You know, they're listening to this and they want to start practicing this at home. What are yeah. some really practical steps people can take? So one of the easiest really to begin with is just in the morning, just start having a conversation with your subconscious. And then as you move through your day on my website, practice happy now, the alpha sequence. So it's really about dropping into an alpha brainwave, a slower brainwave. And when you do that, relax your tongue, your jaw and breathe, right? You expand in this, and as you close your eyes, wow, it's fantastic. I list my favorite place to be, mm. right? When I don't have to worry about this or that, I'm just here. Whew, that is good stuff, yeah. right? You do it on the beach in the mornings. Mm. I'm sure of it. So, and then you connect to all things that are in the present moment. But it's just about relaxing your tongue and your jaw and start listening to your body. If your listeners start programming in the morning and start paying attention to their body, relaxing their jaw, breathing in the first week or two, and start seeing that quieting down their thoughts, now you can move into a little bit more of advanced meditation. 
I like Headspace for people who are beginning. Why? Because he understands that. He talks a lot. So if you like people talking, <laughs> it's not for you. But he'll tell you, if your mind is watering, come back, right? If people like quiet, there's calm. There's lots of apps. You know that. Um, I'm sure you've talked about them on your on your podcast. So find something that works for you. And it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. If, if you just drop in occasionally through the day, you're going to feel better physically. You're going to be more present in your life, right? And you're going to sleep better at night. Yeah, and, and, and that really is the, the key, right? It's, it's over and over and over again, dropping into this peaceful state of mind. So it's not enough, right, to just meditate for 20 minutes a day and then the, you know, the other 23 hours and 40 minutes to go totally crazy. But really what yeah. we want to do is, is make this a daily or really moment-to-moment practice, right, where over and over and over again we realize, how am I feeling right now? Not so well. Let me drop back into calm and presence again. Yep. Pay attention because every time you go in and you stop that ickiness, every time you're doing that, you're changing your neurology, but you're also saying to your subconscious mind, I'm the boss. Thank you. But no, thank you. We're doing it different now. You don't have to beat yourself up. It doesn't ever work that way. It never works to be angry at yourself, but just say thanks, but no thanks. We got to do this differently and be the boss throughout the day. This is what awake means to me. This is what woke means to me, which is not about the world and stuff. It's about being awake for yourself. Take yourself off pause for a while, right? Take yourself off that pause and just pay attention. Be awake to what's going on with you. Because when you're awake to what's going on with you, then you can be awake for the world. Make sense? Yeah, for sure. I love that so much. Now, Renee, I want to shift gears here a little bit uh, because yeah. one of the things we always love to do in the show is celebrate failure as a stepping stone to more self-growth and, and really like, getting to know ourselves better. So yeah. throughout your career, throughout your life, do you have a favorite failure? That's interesting. A favorite failure. You know, um, it's not always easy for me to talk about, but I will. So my body held, I, I was 5'10 when I was 12. So my body held on to weight and I was always about 30, depending on babies or whatever, about 20 to 30, 40 pounds overweight. I always carried extra weight and to keep me safe. And I did a lot of work on it, but my body wasn't ready to. So here I am, the successful hypnotherapist, but I carried a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, actually, I really went in, I did some different kind of work and I understood that I had locked down a lot of energy in my body. And I really went at it and looked and was able to so the weight, carrying the weight was, I felt like it was a failure. Like I wasn't being authentic when I was mm. helping people lose weight and I still held weight. But I have to tell you, I, I, I just amped up what I was doing. I really concentrated on, um, I didn't try any special foods. I just understood my body knew what to do with any foods. And then I, I actually released about 55 pounds in, uh, during COVID. So wow. that's my best success. But holding on to the weight in my life was um, a personal failure in my sense. I was disappointing myself. And, um, and professionally, I felt like it was a disappointment. But we're past that. I stopped worrying about it. And yeah, woohoo! I, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that is amazing, right? And it, it yeah. also shows the, the work is never over. No. Never, ever. Until the day we die, the work never ends, right? It keeps going and going and new challenges come up. And we need new practice in our lives and there's different areas of our lives that may need more attention now than it did maybe last decade or last year. And, and so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And don't be afraid to pivot. 
if you've been doing something and it was working and it was great, but somehow you stalled out, your subconscious universe, whatever, is just telling you to pivot, find a new angle to do that and to look at it from a different perspective. And then you'll, you'll gain some clarity. Absolutely. Now, Renee, we talked about so many new great tools and techniques and ideas mm-hmm. today. If you could give our listeners just one piece of you know, homework, one action step to take away from this, what would be that one thing? So I would say is start paying attention to your physical body. It's going to give you a lot of messages. If you get that crunchy feeling, then that's when you stop. You don't keep going. You stop, you breathe, you pay attention because if you don't, no one's going to do it for you. So this is the way. Do all your work within and don't be afraid of you. There's a lot of amazing things there. So just take that opportunity to listen to your body, listen to what it's saying to you. Love that. Now, before I ask my final question, where can people connect with you online? Sure. So I have the best thing for tools that I want people to go to is practicehappynow.com. In there, I have a bonus page. You're just going to put your email in. You're going to get a bonus link to videos, to meditations, lots of things there for you. Uh, I love having that information. You can, If you want to talk to me, you can go to Renee Brent. It's R-E-N-E. And I'm sure you're going to have that in your uh, notes there. Yeah. Uh, Brent Hypnosis. You just push on free 15-minute call. If you have some questions about what you heard or you have some information about your own personal story, just go ahead and just give me a call. I love talking to people. I also have a YouTube channel, Renee Brent Hypnosis, where I have a lot of free. So if your listeners want to check it out and do like a mini session with me, go ahead and check that out. It's a conversation, it's tools, and it's a meditation at the end. So I'd love for people to, uh, to, do, to grab all the resources that they can. Awesome. Now, what does it mean for you to max out your life? Max out for me is to find the harmony within my professional life, um, my personal life, my physical health, well, and being. So for me, when I'm maxed out, I'm in joy, I'm trusting myself, and I am listening to my signals about what I need in those moments. That's what harmony means, moving in between and be able to pivot when you need to and quiet down when you want to. Love that. Renee, thank you so much for coming on the show. So much fun. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that will hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to, you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this, you know, passively, just think about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. To really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, a friend, a loved one maybe, that you think could benefit from this content, please consider, you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them, as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.